Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 52 of the Canberra Football Show. Another fantastic week of action. We'll get, uh, before we get straight into it, though, Russ joins us today. Russ, how's it going? Another great weekend of action. Yeah, plenty to talk about again, wasn't it? Brilliant weekend of action. Uh, missed last week's because we were just down the road, actually, interviewing Bellaminaro Griffins, which was great. What a fantastic setup they've got down there and a wonderful football club going, going places as well. But yeah, great. Plenty to talk about. And um, yeah, let's get stuck in, I guess. Indeed. Michael, how's it going today? Yeah, good. Thank you, Matt. Uh, like, you, like you mentioned, a lot of action. Uh, it, it definitely was an action-packed weekend. Um, and I was talking with Russ sort of off-air. A lot of penalties <laughs> across oh, yeah. the um, across the legs this weekend. So it just seemed like everyone was getting a penalty this weekend. So, I mean, if you just asked nicely, the referee was probably going to give you one. So Just hand them out to everybody, wasn't it? It was bizarre. Yeah. There was penalties yeah. all over the place in the men's, women's yep. and the Capital League. Yeah. Yeah, everyone got one. Whether everyone was just a bit tired on the weekend, I don't know. And the challenges were a bit bit slack, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, anyway, plenty of penalties in the FA Cup final as well, perhaps. So. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, let's kick things off. Uh, we will start with uh, Tigers FC, who managed to get a 3-1 victory over Belconnen uh, United. Golevsky got uh, two in this match and Timotheo got on the score sheet as well. And I believe that came on his 100th MPL appearance. Uh, so a great way to grab a goal uh, as well to go along with that milestone. And um, Chris Ray got on the score sheet for Belconnen United in this one. You know, Belconnen United's uh, struggles uh, continue uh, as Tigers managed to grab the three points in this encounter. And, you know, d- despite the loss, you know, Belco got, got off to the start that they would have been hoping for, you know, when Dustin Wells... He played it. He got on the ball and played this fantastic um, sort of cross cross field pass uh, to to Chris Ray uh, at the back post, who finished it excellently. It was a great header, sort of back back across goal, and that's what gave them the lead very early on in the first half. And unfortunately for them, you know, once Tigers got themselves back into the game, we we know how much of a hard team they are to stop. And you know, Golevsky managed to find the back of the net yet again, like he already has done on you know a fair few different occasions so far this season and like I mentioned at the top Tim and Thoreau, um scoring a goal in his 100th appearance uh, to make it 2-1 in this game and congratulations to him for reaching that milestone at, in, at, at an important time in the game as well to give Tigers the lead and I think we, Belko will feel as though they, they certainly had their chances throughout the game especially to get themselves um, level but those hopes you know, to, to gain at least a draw were, were dashed when uh, Golevsky converted from the penalty spot and in what was his second goal of the game to put the result uh, beyond doubt. So it was a good day in the office for Tigers in that regard for getting uh, the three points at the expense of uh, Belconnen United. Russ, what were your thoughts on this uh, result for Tigers? Uh, obviously, they did what they needed to do at home in order to get the three points, but a valiant effort from this Belconnen United team that, you know, they're, they're putting sort of performances together in certain stages of the game. They just can't really seem to put it all together across 90 minutes at the moment, but a valiant effort nonetheless. Yeah, it was a, a good effort going in front down at Nigel. It's always difficult down there, but Tigers needed this win. Um, it wasn't a must win for them because we're still early in the campaign, but they needed this win to get back on track. 
it seems, seems funny that you're saying that about a team that's only lost one game this season, but three draws for them isn't isn't exactly where they want to be. They're relying an awful lot on Josh Golewski's goal-scoring ability at the moment, and that's fine. Um, I don't have any problem with teams doing that because that's why you get those players in there. Um, he scored twice, also missed a penalty as well, so could have had a hat-trick. That's six in six for him now, and he's flying. And like, as you mentioned, nice for Timothea to get a goal on his 100th appearance. But Balcony United, I think the worrying signs again are defensively. This is the in the five losses they've had this season, four times they've conceded three now. Um, and the only time they didn't, ironically, was against Canberra Croatia, where they only conceded two but lost two nil. So it's becoming a bit critical for them to start defending well. But the problem they're getting is there's so many players unavailable or injured for Michael at the moment. He can't field a settled team. There's players not travelling for whatever reason. There's players injured. There's players with COVID. And, and they're really struggling to actually field a settled 11 at the moment. And I think that's hurting them. They've got to turn it around because um, if the Knights win their game in hand, all of a sudden the gap between the bottom two and the rest starts to grow. Um, and they've got a big, big match against the Knights this weekend uh, where they've got to find some form. Tigers, of course, jumped from what we think it was sixth or seventh to, to fourth with third prior to the Sunday game. And that's them finding a bit of form. Um, it's it's better for them, but they've got to be more consistent. And I think that's what Ryan will be hoping that he can get from his group as the season progresses. Next up, we have Monaro Panthers with a big victory, 4-1 over Canberra Olympic. Cal Fass with two goals, Andre Carl with two goals, and then Alan James for Canberra Olympic. Monaro took the sting out of Olympic's uh, most recent run of form. Uh, they've been in a good vein of form um, after those first two opening matches. Uh, very good away performance here from Monaro. Cal Fass, um rediscovering some form as well when he got a brace. Um, good first goal as well. The second goal was a little cheeky. Wasn't waiting for the keeper mm. to um, <laughs> waiting for the keeper to uh, come and try and retri- retrieve it. I guess um, Monaro capitalized on a very very good start. Had a lot of opening chances as well. Like we said, Calfas in um, very good form. Andre Carl, the Monaro striker, scored a brilliant volley, didn't he, off that corner uh, to get Monaro's third. Um, but his second goal was arguably better, an absolute screamer of a free kick, mm. one of the uh, one of the uh, goals of the week. And we had a few as well this week, um, didn't we, over all three, across all three of the leagues. So, so far, we've seen two great free kicks, haven't we, in MPO1 anyway? Might not Smith's free kick, this free kick. I'm probably forgetting one as well. But it's only early on and we're Gaspari, already... Yeah, Gaspari as well. I'm not, oh, so that's how I called that one yeah. as well. I knew I was forgetting one. Um, so there you go. So we're... we're, we're Six rounds in, we're already seeing some great, not only goals, but free kicks also. So it's it's great to see. Um, like we say, in terms of Olympic, though, um, they were really on a good run of form. And I guess not. I guess the issue isn't really losing this one. It's losing uh, this one with that, um, you know, by that scoreline. Um, but in terms of the goal, though, Alan James, he has really turned it on this season, hasn't he? Every time I've seen, every time I've seen him play, anyway, he's been absolutely terrific for this Olympic squad. Um, but yeah, I wasn't able to see too much of this one, Russ. Uh, you were able to see more of it. What did you think um, of the action? Yeah, I watched all of it, actually, uh, up to the last 10 minutes or so while I was at Deacon Stadium preparing for the, the creation derby on the big screen in the VIP room there. Um, I enjoyed it. It was a good game to watch. It was an open game. Um, as you mentioned, Alan James, I think he missed quite a lot of pre-season, which put him a bit behind the eight ball when it came to to getting started and but now he's found his feet and that was a lovely goal wasn't it the one two and the finish was superb mm-hmm. and he does scheme in and around Isosra Heggie really well um 
But for them, it, it does bring the end to that three-match run. I don't think they'll be pushing the panic buttons. I think major psychological advantage, though, to Monero Panthers ahead of the Cup semi-final uh, tomorrow night or Tuesday, whenever you're listening to this, um, because of the result, the 4-1 result. It was almost perfect for Frank Keisha. He started with Zach McLaren and Andre Carl on the bench. Um, he started with Nikos Kalfas up front. Kalfas got himself a brace. And that first goal is is, is prime Nikos Kalfas. That's what we, he mm-hmm. can do. Just bumped off a couple of challenges and, and scored. Prior to that, he was given a little bit of a kick. Um, again, that we saw yeah, this yeah. last last year when he got it. You give him a kick, he, he turns into a different beast. Um, suggesting again to Frank that maybe they should give him a kick in the, in the change room before he walks on the field. <laughs> but yeah, um, and the, the second goal was rather cheeky, um, as you mentioned. But, you know, when you can bring on people like Zach McLaren and Andre Carl and... and I got a bit of a preview of the team for the for the cup tomorrow, and and Frank's got a headache to select from his substitutes, and he's going to leave out have to leave out two of of five or six players that will walk into any first grade side in 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 the competition, and when you've got that in your locker, uh, it's a difficult side to beat. You mentioned the two goals that Andre Carl scored in the in the whatever he was half he was on the field. Um, he's now got ten in all competitions this season, which is a great return for him. Uh, they were just looking in good form again, and they put them uh, up to second in the table. And they're, they're the three points behind Canberra, Croatia, and they're looking very good. Um, whether, as we all know, whether that makes any difference for the cup on Tuesday, I doubt it. Cup or lead form goes out the window in these things, don't they? But um, great performance by Monero Panthers and for Canberra Olympic. Just a, a bit of a reality check as to, uh, I think, where they were after their superb run of form recently. Yeah, well, next up is what Russ briefly mentioned uh, just before. Uh, the Croatian derby uh, was on uh, on display. Canberra, Croatia coming back to win this one. 3-2 goals from Piccolo, Dominici and Busek. And for O'Connor, Minot Smith grabbing a double for the away team. Uh, obviously, Russ, you were up in the commentary stand watching this one. Matt... Uh, Matt and I were there watching it uh, as well, and you know, uh, and I think I can speak on behalf of all of us when I when I say that it was an absolute absolute spectacle in terms of not only uh, not only the football that was being played on the pitch, but just the overall atmosphere as well. I just thought it was absolutely fantastic just to so- sort of see that um, you know that many supporters uh, across both clubs um, sort of just coming together and putting on a great show. I thought, you know, it was loud, it was rocking. And, you know, that, that's what you, you want to really see in these first grade games as well. So it, it, from a spectator standpoint, it was a great game to sort of just watch. Um, and in my case, as, as a neutral, it, it was an absolutely fantastic game. And, you know, um, I, I think, you know, just what I was talking about there in terms of the electricity in the stadium, I think that was really capped off in the in injury time when, when Busek scored that goal. And I mean, you could just hear the roar around, you know, not only the players on the pitch, but everyone going crazy in the, in the stands as well. There was just a lot of noise and yeah, it was, it was an absolutely sort of fantastic game there at Deakin stadium uh, on the flip side of that, my not Smith, you know, uh, I mentioned he got, he got a double in this one and he continues to show what a great young player, you know, he is uh, with his brace and, you know, but in the end, it was that sort of never say die attitude from Canberra Croatia that we've always, you know, which we have been used to for such a long time now. You can never count them out. And that's exactly what they did. They took over late in that game. And once they got that equaliser from the penalty spot uh, from Dominici, you thought, 
you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they're going to go on here and, and win. And, you know, Dominici almost, you know, in the lead up to that third goal, he almost scored a spectacular sort of bicycle. Uh, imagine if that had gone in. Um, but nevertheless, they were able to get the goal off the, uh, off the, of the resulting um, play there where the ball struck the, the crossbar. Um, Ross, you were up there sort of commentating on this match and I'm sort of curious to get your views on just the experience as a whole, you know, commentating the game, seeing the football that was on display and just the the crowd as well. It, it, it was a great night for Canberra football. Yeah, it's a proper humdinger of a football match, wasn't it? It hyped itself up beforehand and I think it lived up to it completely. I think I said in commentary with Steve, if they're all like this, um, can't wait for the next one because from start to finish, I think it had everything you wanted. There was the um, Croatian folkloric dancing beforehand, set the atmosphere, the two sets of fans, the crowd, the, the stands were full on the far side. Um, it was a proper game of football. And I've, all, I've, I've commentated on hundreds and hundreds of games here in, in the capital and one of my favourite games, I think, because it had, from a neutral perspective, had everything. It had a, the noisy neighbours, as we called them, knocking on the door and 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 having the temerity to take the lead. And, and probably in that first half, if they'd come away with four goals, um, they wouldn't have been, you know, you wouldn't have been surprised, would you? Connor Minot Smith hit the bar with that brilliant header. He struck the base of the post as well. They'd scored two. Um, and they were having the run of it in that half, but you can't count Canberra Croatia out. And on one of the occasions they got forward, Michael Piccolo managed to, to pull one back before Conor Minor Smith scored again. Key moment in that, of course, to start the second half, Paddy O'Rourke had a glorious chance when he danced his way into the penalty area and went for power rather than just placing it in the corner. And I know he was frustrated with himself afterwards. He felt he should have scored. If that goes in, do the Knights win? Possibly. I mean, you couldn't tell on the night, could you? Because there was chances at either end. Mentioned the bench that Monero had, similar to Canberra, Croatia. They've got players that they can bring on. Steven Dominici comes on, calm as you like, to score the penalty. And then in, in injury time, he comes up with something that perhaps only he could come up with, um, uh, that little chip up to himself and overhead kick. As you said, if it had gone in, it would, we'd have been talking about it for years. As it was, it, it cannoned off the bar and Mate Busek was on hand to win it. Real heartbreaker for O'Connor, who deserved at least a draw out of this, in my opinion. Um, you can never write Canberra Croatia off. We've seen them so many times over the years do this to teams where they score goals late on. Some decisions um, during the match, the Knights would have felt have gone against them, um, which is which is understandable. They felt they could have had a penalty just before the penalty that was given for Canberra Croatia. Mm-hmm. But this is what happened in derby games, isn't it? Um, but overall, you can't argue with the experience. You can't argue with the quality. Saw a great first half at um, O'Connor the week before between the Olympic and Tigers, and, and we got that and more on the weekend and yeah when's the next one can't wait should be fantastic (laughs) yeah look there's not much more i can add to what you guys uh, were saying there i just wanted to say well done to both um both clubs uh, for the occasion it was absolutely terrific um it was probably the best non-final atmosphere i've seen since we've Mm -hmm. started this um like non-final non-final series action um i've seen since we've started uh, this show anyway it sort of reminds me of how it was sort of pre-covid when you had some of those games and um uh, I believe uh, uh, they, I think they did it beforehand, but I think Croatia specifically have realized um, sort of what the night atmosphere can be. So I think all their Saturday games, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that are at home are going to be at five o'clock. I think that adds to the atmosphere because, um, uh, you know, a lot of players are still playing, you know, stately, uh, their state league matches or their kids are playing their matches at three ish, two ish. Uh, so five o'clock just before, you know, just before dinner, people go down, watch the game. Uh, it was a terrific atmosphere. Um, and one play I wanted to mention uh, that 
I don't think we've mentioned yet uh, was packing uh, uh, Paketti Manda. He was absolutely fantastic mm. on that wing, wasn't he? That he, his speed, I would say, rivals a Heggie as well. And uh, uh, all the players that you mentioned uh, from either side uh, were absolutely fantastic on the day. But I think that's one player that we sort of uh, that we haven't mentioned yet, really coming into his own. And there were many other players that we haven't mentioned that have done s- such a great job. It was such a great game, and like you said, let's hope the uh, the next one is just as electric an atmosphere. Yeah, just a note on those Knights players. You mentioned them a lot in commentary. The way they go forward, they're an absolute yeah. menace. Manda, yeah. Manda in particular. So smooth. Um, so yeah, smooth I mean, well. he's got those that languid running style and long legs, and you just don't know where he's going with it half the time. And we mentioned it. I mentioned it to Steve Forshaw. When you've got players like him, uh, Patrick O'Rourke, Michael Adams, who was just yeah. absolute class again, he finds space in the phone box, couldn't he, with that? <laughs> you know, there's just that little glide and turn yeah. and he scans the game brilliantly. I mean, any youngsters watching that want to learn how to make yeah. space on a football pitch, just go and watch Michael Adams play because he'll tell you, uh, he'll show you. And Conor Minot Smith is just getting better and better. And when you've got those players that can run at players yeah. on the edge of the penalty, and, and, and it's just that reluctance for the defenders to, to make the challenge. And they are going to cause teams so much problems. Sometimes I, I said this to Miro and Alex when I, when I spoke to them on the weekend, they're a joy to watch because yeah. everything's positive in the way they go forward. Sometimes as a coach, I'm sure they pull in their hair out when they want them to be a little yeah. bit more restrained and go, look, we've already scored two or three. We don't need to keep looking for more. But if you take that out of the team, you take the joy out of it, don't you? Yeah. And, and it's great to watch. And um, look, credit, as you said, to both clubs, sets of supporters on the weekend. They supported in the right manner, I think, as well. And yeah, just a great occasion all round and looking forward to the next one. And I think with these sides, we've talked about plenty of teams already, like Tigers and Monero Panthers and O'Connor. When they play each other, they all want to play football. So these occasions in Canberra Olympic as well, these occasions are going to be great from now until the end of the season. They certainly are. And let's get on to our last match of the week. We have Gungahl United 3-1 over West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, Gungahl United bounced back uh, from their defeat to the newly promoted um, O'Connor Knights last weekend. And it seemed... Uh, that the first um, 45 minutes was not um, uh, going to feature any goals until Dom Giampaolo comes up with an absolutely fantastic goal in the top corner, showing good strength and technique in that move there. Um, from a West Canberra Wanderers perspective, uh, they did, you know, sort of bounce back with um, that goal, didn't they, with uh, Harrison Palick um, before that, uh, Samuel had to marry him. Uh, but then Gungahlin United ends up getting the third uh, not long after, uh, had to marry him again with another goal uh, to get his, Samuel had to marry him, that is, to get his uh, brace. I was commentating with uh, Jeremy over at a Deacon for this one, but you were there watching yeah. the game, Russ. What did you make of uh, this one? It was um, not that it was a panic button situation for Gungahlin, but they did lose two on the trot, and I can't remember the last time they lost three on the trot. So it was important for them, I think, to get this win and then get back on the board, uh, considering how competitive it's getting in the four now. Yeah, big three points for them, as you mentioned. It's a, it, was a, it was an interesting game. It's an arm wrestle in the first 45 minutes. And they lost Felipe Bernardo Madrid with a calf injury early on, which, which you thought might change the rhythm of the game slightly. But Dom Giampaolo came in and did what Dom Giampaolo does. Um, key moments, of course, were without being obvious, was the two goals just before half time. I mean, somehow Sam Habsabaran had missed an absolute sitter from two yards earlier in the game. He did the bar some uh, when it was easier to score. I'm not sure how he did that, but he certainly made up for it with his two strikes after that. Um, but the Dom Giampaolo goal opened things up. And then, of course, there was a great run by uh, Will Robertson and 50-50 with Wiseman, which he came out on top with. Left Sam Hamptonman with the second and West Canberra Wanderers scratching their head again. I've mentioned it in commentary and we'll keep mentioning it. They've had two goals now in the first half in the last 17 matches. And, 
I said this to Steve Forshaw, who joined me again in the absence of Ian Worthington. Get well soon, Ian. He's uh, struggling with um, flu at the moment. Might be COVID. We'll see. Um, mentioned how with the Wanderers, they, they're just allowing sides to score. Well, not allowing, but the sides are scoring on them and they're not scoring in the first half. So they're always chasing games. And when you're chasing games, it becomes harder and harder. And especially when you're playing against a side of the quality that Marcel Munoz has there, they've got players that can hurt you on the break. We saw it um, in the second half. Again, though, all they were missing, the Wanderers, was a finishing touch. Um, they were solid in the first half. They created half chances. Into that final third, though, it's not quite clicking for them at the moment. Bo Harvey and Jenna Saruti are trying their best, but it's just not quite working. And they definitely miss Ben Obst on the weekend, yeah. another player who's injured his knee now and is likely to be gone for the season. So we wish him well as well. But it's not quite critical for them yet. They've got one point from five, the Wanderers. Um, it's going to be hard for them. They need to start getting some results on the board and the fixtures don't come any easier over the next couple of weeks for them. Uh, they'll feel that they'll just keep plucking away and trying. Um, massive match for them this Wednesday in the Cup. They're a different beast in the Cup than they have been in the league. Maybe the pressure is off, I don't know. But yeah, Gungarland for their part. Um, got the result they needed. Uh, in parts, they played some really good football. Jack Green was supposed to start and didn't. Uh, so that was a loss for them, as it always is. And losing Bernabeu Madrid is, is obviously a loss for them too. But they've got a good squad. They've got a lot of quality around there and it's just making it tick. And shout out to uh, Josh Kaspari again, who was immense in midfield, as he generally is. Yeah, and before we move on, uh, yeah, we haven't talked too much about Will Roberts on the show, but he has really stepped up, I think, the last he couple has. of games. He yeah. has been really, really impressive. Um, I just wanted to say that because we haven't mentioned him too much yeah. on the show. He came in on the weekend. Uh, Mishka Namoski was, was rested on that left flank and, and Roberts um, switched wings throughout the game and just was a menace. He, he's, he's big and strong and, he, and he's quick um, and he causes problems and he's got a good football brain on him, it would appear, and he, and he knows when to make those runs in behind the back. And when you've got quality behind you, like the Habtamariums and Gaspari that can feed him, yeah, he will no doubt cause problems. So, yeah, it's a good shot, a good play. Uh, Michael, what are the, uh, what's the first match for this weekend? Yeah, so the first match for this weekend is the club we were just, uh, one of the clubs we were just uh, dissecting, West Canberra Wanderers up against Canberra Croatia, Saturday, May 21st, 2.15 p.m. at Melrose uh, Synthetic. I'm going to go for Canberra Croatia in this one, especially on the back of that huge derby win. Matt, it's, in my eyes, hard to pick against them considering that result and the struggles that West Canberra Wanderers are enduring at the moment. I know Ross mentioned that they're going to have to start picking it up quickly in terms of picking up points so that they're not staying down the bottom. But it's going to be hard for them to do that against an informed team like Canberra Croatia. Yeah, look, like you said, it's, it's hard to pick against Croatia considering the form, um, considering even when it doesn't look like the momentum's going their way, they find a way back in the matchup. And they're the only undefeated team left in uh, MPL as well. So it's uh, difficult not to go with Croatia. But like we said, uh, West Canberra's win will... Uh, will eventually come, I don't doubt. Uh, do you see anything, um, any talking points for you for this matchup? Well, the main one is obviously this is a rerun of that cup fixture earlier in the season when West Canberra Wanderers came out on top 3-2 um, on this on this synthetic field. And I know it's not a field that Canberra Croatia particularly enjoy playing on, so that's maybe something that the Wanderers can can hold on hope to. Um, everything points, though, to an away win, doesn't it? I mean, the fact that the Wanderers have got a cup tie on it on Wednesday 
um, as well is going to play into this one too. Um, Canberra Croatia can sit back and watch them. They're top of the table. They're expected to win this one. So maybe that's something that might play into their hands. I'll be very surprised if the Wanderers did take something off of Canberra Croatia in this one. But over the course of the years, um, they've been nuggety opponents against Canberra Croatia. They never really put them away, have they? A couple of times yeah. they have done, but not very often. And this will be another tough one, but it's hard to, to bet against Dina Gunic's team. And maybe Dean will be back on the sideline if he's recovered from his COVID. So fingers crossed for him. Absolutely. Next up, we've got Belcona United playing host to O'Connor Knights, Saturday, May 21st, 3 p.m. at McKellar Park in Belconnen. This is a tough one to pick because I, I do believe that Belcona United are going to be reinvigorated and raring to go in front of their home fans. And I think on the flip side of that, O'Connor Knights will be looking to bounce back in a big way following that heartbreaking end to the game against Canberra Croatia where they lost. I'm going to go for O'Connor Knights in this one. Uh, I think that they're going to come away with an away victory here. What about you, Matt? Yeah, it's hard to bet against the Knights uh, considering their form. And uh, like we said, they were probably unlucky not to at least uh, get a point in that matchup. Uh, they've been playing terrific, like we said, the way they've, they're going forward so smooth. Um, yeah, so I'm going to say O'Connor victory here. But Belko had lots of good periods in that game against Tigers. Um, lots of good free-flowing play, lots of good chances. They weren't able to... Uh, get uh, the result in the end. But, you know, uh, Belco will, uh, like similar to West Canberra, they've, they've had some good stuff in there and I, they will get some um, opportunities soon and um, hopefully they can put a full 90 together and hopefully they can um, keep a settled squad with the amount of um, injuries and absences that they've had recently. But it's hard to bet against O'Connor this weekend. Uh, any talking points for you here, Russ? Uh, we'll be commentating this one at McKellar. Yeah, I'll be there with you for this one. It should be a good match. I mean, they've only met each other once in uh, MPL um Era and that was in a cup quarter final, and it finished 8 5 to Bell Conan. So we'd settle for that on the weekend. <laughs> 8 5. I'm sure Michael Zakowski would settle for an 8 5 win. <laughs> but um, the three home games for Bell Conan this season three defeats, three goals conceded in each. Um, it's a symmetry that Michael Zakowski won't want to be thinking about on the weekend. Um, where they've struggled this season, Bell Conan has been in transition. Uh, they, they've attacked quite well in parts, and when they've turned the ball over, they have been hit. We saw it perfectly. Um, Example of it for the Wanderers, uh, for, for the Wanderers, for the Knights rather, in the Croatian derby, where they had the two blocks, they broke fast, and they've got the the pace to cause Belconnen issues here. The key on this one is going to be the first goal for me. Um, if Belconnen can get it, um, it gives them something to dig into. Um, if they concede and they're chasing the game, it's going to play right into the hands of um, O'Connor Knights and the pace they've got on the break. Um, this is, which is why we've picked it. I think it's a pivotal game in the season for Belcona United, even this early. This will be round seven or 21, so a third of the way through the season. They've only got three points on the on the board at the moment. Uh, big, big game for them this weekend. Absolutely huge, Russ, like you said. Next up, we've got Tigers FC at home against Monaro Panthers, Saturday, May 21st, 3 p.m. at AIS, Grassfield 2. When I looked at this one, I couldn't help but think that it's going to be a draw. It, it, it's tough to call, in my opinion, given the form of both teams. Obviously, Monero getting a must-win against Olympic, but I see it be, being a very tight game and very few and far between in terms of you know significant differences. I think it's an evenly matched 
encounter. So I'm going to go with a draw. Sitting on the fence on this one. What about you, Matt? Look, it certainly is better since we did record this out of order. We have literally agreed on every single pick so far. So <laughs> I'm going to choose Monaro. Very slight victory here. It's going to be like Monaro have looked in better form than Tigers. Um, I think it's uh, arguable to say. But yeah, I'm just going to say Monaro. Uh, do you any talk points for you in this one in the Battle of the Big Cats, Ross? Yeah, first Battle of the Big Cats in MPL <laughs> this season. But, um, of course, we're going to see whether there's been any change from the Charity Shield when the Panthers ran roughshod over the Tigers and absolutely annihilated them. And, you know, could have been a lot more goals than they actually got in that 7-1 win. And this is a big chance now for the Tigers to stamp their authority and say that that was an anomaly um, on their part. And their players will be hurting still, I think, from that, even though it was... A glorified preseason friendly. You don't want to be beaten like that by someone that will class yourself as a rival. It, this should be an absolute corker of a game as well. It was difficult to pick which ones to go to on the weekend, and you know there's not much between these sides in terms of the results that we've seen. Uh, Panthers will fancy themselves because I feel they can move around the Tigers, who might not be the most mobile side um, at the moment. But you know there's plenty of firepower in both sides. Uh, it's not going to end goalless. There's going to be plenty of goals in this one. Absolutely. And lastly, we have Canberra Olympic up against Gungahlin United, Saturday, May 21st, 3pm at O'Connor Enclosed. This is another tough one for me to pick, but I'm slightly leaning towards a Gungahlin United away victory in this one. Just the fact that they were able to get that victory and um, get themselves back up and running. And we'll see how much the loss to Monaro will impact Olympic coming into this one. You obviously will expect them to bounce back. Um, you know, they've already proven to come back from worse situations uh, early on this season. So it's very tough to pick, but I am slightly leaning towards Gungahlin United. I, I have a feeling they might just pip this one. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you there. I think Gungahlin United will take this one out. Like we mentioned, it's going to be a close one. Uh, I, just, I just think the... The momentum that they got from getting that win after losing two as well, I think, um, will be what takes them over the line in this one. Any talking points for you here, Ross? Yeah, I mean, these two sides often give us fantastic yeah. games, don't they? They're usually very entertaining. There's usually plenty of um, football, um, good football play between them. Two coaches that have got football philosophies, um, two sets of players that play to those philosophies. And again, take your pick about which game you want to go and watch on the weekend because they're all going to be brilliant. And this one will be no exception. And I shouldn't imagine there'd be too much between these two sides. Um, yeah, you've both gone for Gungarlin, but I wouldn't be surprised if Olympics yeah. sneak it. I mean, it's one of those ones where you flip a coin really, isn't yeah. it? Certainly is. That's us for this week. Uh, anything uh, else you would like to say, Russ, uh, like uh, the midweek uh, FA Cup matches yeah. and that sort of thing? Um, Bar TV Sports and our wonderful sponsors, again, have enabled us to bring the FFA Cup semifinals Australia Cup semi-finals to you. Um, live, uh, Canberra Olympic versus Monero um, Panthers at the Riverside at 7 o'clock. Slightly earlier on Wednesday, 6.30 for the Wanderers versus O'Connor Knights match. Both of them will be um, broadcast live and we'll commentate on them as well. It should be uh, two fantastic occasions. And then the final will be on the 4th of June. And we saw that the women's finals finalists are in place, both Conan and Canberra Olympic. Um very blue day it's going to be there for that one and we'll wait and see what happens with the men's but I'm really looking forward to those two games and looking forward to this weekend as well it should be cracking weekend and on Sunday we'll make um, well I will make my first commentary trip to Wagga um, as we do Wagga City Wanderers against Tuggerong and in the WMPL at Gissing Oval and it gives a chance to um, meet up with the Wagga City 
management and board as well. So really looking forward to this weekend. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Really enjoyed it and uh, get out and watch some more football. And now we are back with the MPLW and Jeremy joins us again with, I'm a bit surprised to see that a Leon shirt on him considering he's a Marseille fan. What's, what's the go with that, Jeremy? It's my first ever French club jersey, which is not a Marseille jersey. And I won it at a, uh, a giveaway um, from the official Liga foot, um, football podcast. So it's actually like proper, um, uh, it feels proper good. official shirt with Lucas Paqueta in, in the back of the shirt. So it's easier to wear it as well when they're so shit because then I don't have to be to be jealous on the table. They're far behind Marseille. They're not even rivals anymore. <laughs> uh, that is true. That is true. All right, let's get straight into the action, shall we? Let's start with Belcon United. 9-0 uh, victory over Wagga City Wanderers. Olivia Bonfa with two goals. Tater Matsis with two goals. Kira Bobbin with a stunning five goals, I believe, in that one as well. Uh, she is by far, I think, the top scorer, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, like we said, a resounding victory against Wagga. Uh, we know how dangerous Belco can be, and they really uh, proved it today with the sort of football they're playing. And I guess after uh, the last couple of matches as well, they just were looking, you know, firing and ready to go and ready to get a victory in the league again. Um, in terms of Wagga, though, we're talking about it's going to be sort of a difficult transition um, to head out of uh, with Sam Gray. I know it's been a, a week or two now, but it will take um, time in that regard. And one goal I specifically wanted to mention was I, my out of the, I'll ask you for your pick of the nine as well, Jeremy. My pick of the nine was, I would say Bonford's goal where it was, it was very simple, but it was just so good. Uh, the way she sort of dragged it across a defender and then chipped it in the uh, top corner. For me, that was the pick of the goals. Uh, Jeremy, uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, it seemed like Belka sort of had a point to prove. Yeah, I mean, they had a, a pretty a pretty successful week, right? Six goals against um, the Academy in the um, semi-final and nine goals against the Wanderers. You know, clearly that, that loss against Canberra Croatia didn't affect them too much uh, and they were able to uh, to bounce back uh, very quickly. It, it was all you expect Belkonen to be when they're in form. Uh, I mean, we know that Kira Bobin is... Uh, very hard to stop, and so Arte, Mazis, and and Olivia Bumford, and um, when those three combined together, um, helped well by the rest of the team. You know, Olivia Backhouse and uh, Paul Framan that we've um, mentioned a couple of times when we were commentating. Uh, UMI Matt, they just a lot of talent offensively, and, and when they can combine and find um, and find the opportunities, then you have scores like this. Unfortunately for the Wanderers, um, they just they just were no match for for the speed of Belconen and. And when everything goes on targets, uh, it's also complicated for uh, for Ebony Warner and all her uh, teammates to, to do anything. It's I'm not going to say I'm surprised with what Beckon is doing because it's what we expect. Um, it, it's just a good way for them to, again, um, grow. It is a young team. It is a young team by uh, by age and also somehow somewhat by experience because they were, I guess, chaperoned by the experience of Nicole Jaloka and, and Mickey Thornton until last year. Uh, so they're coming together. It's you know, we we said that with uh, with Scott um, midweek when we were talking. Maybe on 21 games, he can't get above Canberra Croatia and above Canberra Olympic. Uh, but to win a, a trophy, um, it just takes two games or one game. They're already in the final um, of the Federation Cup, so they're only one game from from winning a trophy. And if they make it to the top four, then they're going to be only two games away from fighting for a trophy as well. And I think that's um, well, no, I think Scott um, says that it is the objective, and that's what he wants for for his girls. 
and performances like they had on this weekend is only going to make them more confident in their uh, attacking abilities. Yeah, next up we have Canberra Olympic versus Gungahlin United. 2-2 draw in, in this one, boys. We had Michaela Thornton and Sarah Johnston on the score sheet for Olympic and for Gungahlin United. It was the strike uh, force, that is Michelle Heyman, uh, who bagged a brace for Gungahlin United, proving just how important she is. Um, obviously, she did it numerous times for uh, Canberra United, and now she's doing it for Gungahlin uh, United in the MPL W. A huge point for Gungahlin United away uh, against an, an informed Canberra Olympic team. You know, it, it looked uh, very close uh, to being a case where, you know, Gungahlin were going to come up short again, which has happened a few times this season. But Mich- Michelle Heyman's uh, penalty and injury time got them a much... It was a great penalty as well, may, may I add. It was into the top corner, no doubt whatsoever. And, you know, hopefully they can use this performance and, you know, help let that sort of help them build a little bit of form or well, maybe a bit of confidence within that playing group because results have been a little bit hard to come by for Gungahlin United um, up until this point. But this is a huge point for them to, to get against a team that's being dubbed one of the favourites to potentially go on and win the title. So... Uh, a, a very good point for Gungahlin United moving forward. And for Olympic, you know, they'll certainly be disappointed that they weren't able to hold on to the lead after going ahead just before uh, Michelle Heyman got that penalty and, you know, not seeing the game out in that way. What were your thoughts on this encounter, Jeremy? I think when you look at the how the game was played and and, and just the result, it's a, it's a big point for Gungahlin United um, and maybe a case of, um, some points dropped from Canberra Olympic considering how well they've started the season. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, I think you know, every player in the in the Gungahlin United jersey uh, put on a serious shift, um, really worked hard, uh, really defensed together, defended together, sorry, and uh, it, it's hard against Canberra Olympic. It just keeps coming, keeps coming, keeps coming. Uh, waves from from everywhere, from the wings, from the middle. There's, there's space, there's technique. So to be able to... Uh, to, to stop them and to avoid, um, you know, conceding more than two goals is a performance that even Canberra Crescia wasn't able to uh, to manage uh, midweek in, in the Federation Cup semis. So, you know, kudos to to United. Uh, when I wrote the um, when I wrote the review, I was watching the game, uh, just the highlights and and a few like five minutes here, five minutes there, uh, and the whole game, I'm like, oh wow, Gangalin. Now that they have Kelly Tonini back in goals, they can they can be a bit reassured. And then I put that. On the review, and as soon as he got onto Facebook, Kaylee commented and said, "Oh, it wasn't me. It was uh, Rachel Corbett, uh, who was actually the goalkeeper." So the that, um, that was great to see a young goalkeeper yeah. that I mistaken for a very experienced goalkeeper uh, actually doing the job, and she she did a, a very solid uh, job for Gungalin, which is which is encouraging for them, right? I think um, it was hard for Pat Mills to to get a full squad on since the beginning of the season. Now slowly but surely. Uh, is, is building up on that momentum, you know, a bit of hot and cold, right? Last week, we say that they waste an opportunity by uh, drawing against Tugrenog. And this week, we say that they're amazing by being able to, to grab a, a draw against Canberra Olympic. So it's about them focusing on, on those positive and building the, the momentum. As far as Olympic goes, yeah, it must have been a bit of a uh, an emotional roller coaster, right? They they struggled mm-hmm. to be able to score. Finally, they they equalize after um, Michel Zeman's first goal, uh, and then they keep pushing, keep pushing, and, and after a scramble, finally they got the goal in the last second. You could see the joy um, when the girls celebrated. They thought 
they have the win. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, I think that tactic from Gongalin on the kickoff, just giving the ball to Heyman, the long ball, uh, and, and DeMarco running throughout the box, gave them a penalty, which we spoke about it offline. Uh, Matt, when on the angle on the camera, we don't know exactly where the contact is, uh, but there's a bit of protest from Vanessa Ryan, but not a lot. So there must have been an involuntary um, leg on leg kind of contact. But the tactic itself was, I think, very clever. And the pass from Heyman uh, was like, to the millimeter perfect in the uh, in the run of uh, of Stella De Marco. So they also deserve, I think, um, to be able to come back. They showed resilience. Uh, I think, you know, one can't understate the impact of a, of a Michelle Heyman uh, in any squad. Uh, the, the first goal that she scores, um, she's able to surprise both Sarah Johnston and, and LK Aitolu. Uh, and then in the box finishes early. Uh, throughout the game, whenever she's got the ball, she allows the rest of the team to be able to come back up. Uh, it's always it's always going to help them, uh, but it's good to see the rest of the team as well um, coming together. It's been it's not been an easy start of the season for for the Gunners, um, so seeing them now coming back and and coming into the race for 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 lack of a better word, uh, best of the rest in in the competition. Um, it, it's important, I think, for the competition to have a strong Gunga United. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they're just going to go um, strength to strength from there. For me, uh, the highlights for me here, I think um, uh, the Michaela Thornton goal, absolutely terrific. Uh, the through ball from Stella DeMarco to Michelle Heyman for their first goal was great as well. And you mentioned the penalty also. Like you said, from from the angle I saw on the camera, it didn't look like a penalty for me. But like you said, the ref might have seen a different angle. The big talking point, of course, from the Olympic game is that means they are now two points behind the team who won here, which is Canberra Croatia, 6-1 victors over West Canberra Wanderers. Brittany Palombi making up for lost time when she was away in America with four goals. Grace Gill with her set for her first league appearance back gets a goal and Sienna Burney as well. And Ginger Oliver with a great goal, which we'll mention uh, very soon for West Canberra Wanderers. Good win from Canberra Croatia on all fronts. Uh, I think importantly, it was good to bounce back from that midweek defeat to... Canberra Olympic, um, uh, we mentioned there was a few players away as well from Canberra Croatia, but at the end of the day, uh, Olympic did play very, very well in that matchup. So I think it was important for them to get on the board, but uh, I guess for Zoran Glavinich, it was more important as well to get an emphatic victory here and sort of make a statement that they are back and they will probably feel like uh, that one loss, they want to make it a one-off, I guess, um, as well. They're now two points ahead of uh, Olympic, like we mentioned Um Early on, though, Croatia did find themselves behind with that goal from Ginger Oliver. Um, we were sort of, well, we'll admit it. I think we admitted it at the time. We were caught off guard by that goal. We didn't see it. We didn't see that cross looping as late as it did. And what a loop it was. Great shot from uh, Ginger to just have that awareness to sort of just go for that goal. Um, and then straight after that, you could tell uh, we could one of the benefits of commentating just over the um, coaches is we can sort of hear sometimes what they say. And you could see uh, Ray Castro was telling his team to, you know, stick to the plan, stay close on your player. And to be fair for those a solid 20 minutes there where West Canberra defended so well, uh, they Ray Castro really did set up his team well there and uh, it was working well. I mean, the only arguably Canberra Croatia until they're, first goal, their only chances came off corners. They didn't have any other chances um, before that. Uh, once Grace Gill comes on, though, 
of course, it changes the way uh, they approach it. They go to, I think it was three at the back, you said, Jeremy. Uh, and then she's able to drop in and out of play and she's just so effective on the ball. I mean, uh, she hasn't played too many games so far this season, but you wouldn't be able to tell, would you? And she had a goal to cap that off. Uh, what more can we say from Brittany Palombi? You give her the ball, she's going to finish. Um, Sienna Burney as well on the score sheet. Uh, but yeah, look, I don't think it's all doom and gloom for West Canberra. Uh, like we said, the first two goals were penalties. And before that, I thought they set up very well and it was very hard for Croatia to break them down for a lot of that first half. So there's positives to look at there, isn't there, for West Canberra? Yeah, exactly. I think that's been the, uh, I guess, a bit of the blueprint, right, for, for West Canberra. And that's even when uh, that's how sorry, the academy kind of beat Canberra Croatia as well uh, last season, defending well, density, um, intensity, and then pressure and being able to explode out in, uh, in counter-attack, which... West Canberra didn't even have to counter-attack with that goal coming early. Uh, but after that, that's what they were doing through Hati Kram and then in the second half through, uh, through Johanna Biro. Uh, I, I don't mind that, that tactic. I'm actually pretty, um, you know, to, uh, to, uh, to give credit where it's due, I'm actually pretty impressed with the way um, Zoran Glavinic answered. You know, he's seeing very quickly uh, that West Canberra is just not going to get yeah. out. Uh, and so he, he replaced Amy McLaughlin. I'm not sure if she was injured or not but replaces her, replaces centre-back and sends the centre-forward in. Um, and, you know, it's at, at that moment, you're thinking, oh, you know, if Ray Crastro decides to uh, take advantage of that and use the wings a lot, he could probably put uh, Canberra Croatia in danger. But Zoran Glavnish probably anticipated well because that doesn't really happen. Uh, and the team stays in place and he's able to put pressure where, the, where it hurts for West Canberra, which is close to their box again and again. I wouldn't have been surprised if he had stayed 1-0 or 1-1 until the end because we know how those games go sometimes. If you can't find the target, if you can't find the opportunity, you get frustrated and then you can go either way. Uh, lucky for Canberra Croatia, a couple of uh, a couple of fouls in the box, um, you know, probably avoidable for, for the Wanderers, but that's experience coming in, right? Um, give them a lifeline and give them a way back into the game. And then once they're back in and once the second half, 30 seconds in, Grace is scoring uh, it, it becomes very complicated for the Wanderers to come back. They had opportunities. We know how good they are on set pieces. They had a couple of set pieces uh, at the end to try and come back. But at the end of the day, I think what we've really seen is that maturity, that experience that Canberra Croatia has for, for this type of game. We're talking about a team which uh, we said that on Sunday, Matt, was spared for the past couple of years as far as injury goes. And then this season, they lost Nat Vasta. Um, Angelica Parina comes in and then gets injured as well. Bella Tamaro was injured. Bella Barach was injured. Alice Churchill was injured. Uh, it's it's a lot of players that can't play that would do a world of good for Canberra Croatia, and yet they're showing that you know bringing some young players. You know, besides Grace Gill, the bench was just a lot of um, youth player for Canberra Croatia. Uh, bringing them into the the system and bringing them into the um, the first grade is actually working well for them. They are obviously lucky enough to have a, uh, a core of, of strong, um, experienced player to protect the other players. You know, Zoe Barling at one point, the goalkeeper has a bit of an hesitation and Real Pensum doesn't hesitate and come and cuts it. Um, so, so it's obviously a good program. It works well. And I think games like this, although they might feel like they should have won it all along kind of thing on paper, the fact that they um, concede so early on that they struggle to come back, but then that they make the game comfortable for them, uh, is going to be very good for their confidence. It's going to help them, um, you know, going through the, the motion. Of course, having Grace Gill coming back in your squad um, is always going to help anyway in that transition. 
but I think it's a it's a win that shouldn't be um, underestimated, even though it's against the the Wanderer, just because of the way uh, it happened, and and of course you know Brittany Palombi scoring four goals, and uh, she's she's what she's five goals away from Kira Bobin, so she'll probably make up that in a couple of games, uh, and then and then we'll have a race for the for the Golden Boot. It's uh, it's always good to see. I'm I'm still waiting for uh, Ashley Sykes to come back from uh, her um, her injury and and to. Uh, come and join the race with everybody else. Uh, Michael, what's our first match this weekend? Our first match is West Canberra Wanderers up against Belconnen United. Uh, Sunday, May 22nd, 12.45pm at Melrose. Synthetic. I'm going to go for a Belconnen United away victory, just given the strong performances that they've managed to put on display in their last couple of games. Uh, I expect them to carry that over into this one as well. What about you, Matt? Yeah, for me, it's it's difficult not to go with Belconnen United. I mean, the last couple of games have just been in rare hot form. Uh, sort of a point to prove after their loss to Canberra Croatia. Uh, but for West Canberra, though, um, I mentioned a few times on commentary there. I'm sure they're going to three the top three back to back to back. They're going. I'm sure they're going to take you know the last two games that they had against Olympic and Croatia. Try and tweak a few things midweek in training to see if it will work against Belka. And even if it doesn't, I think you're going to see an improved West Canberra against the top three in the next round of matches. I think Belka will win this one. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah, I think um, I'd go for Belka as well. They have the momentum. Uh, they have the confidence. It's not going to be easy. Melrose is a shorter pitch and it's synthetic, of course, so a bit of advantage to work uh, with for, for Ray Castro. But um, but I think it's going to be hard to uh, to stop Pomford, Bobin, Backhouse, and, and the rest of the squad. Next up, we have Wagga City Wanderers at home against Tuggeranong United Sunday, May twenty second, two thirty p.m. at Gissing Oval. I'm going to go for a Tuggeranong United away victory in Wagga for this match. Um, Matt, what about yourself? Yeah, look, I agree. I I. I... I was the only one to pick the draw might add against Gungahlin. Um, And I, I like the way they're improving. I like the way they're playing at the moment. And uh, they didn't play this week against CUA. That match was postponed. I'm sure that'll come uh, soon in that regard. But yeah, in the previous match that we reviewed, I was really impressed with their goals and their build-up play to it. I'm going to go with the Tuggies victory. How about you, Jeremy? Uh, I'll go for a Wagga win. Uh, I think it's a very important game for them at home. That's the game that they won last season as well at, at Gissing Oval. Um, kudos to um, to Russ for uh, doing the trip on Sunday, uh, driving down to the Riverina, and he's going to be commenting the game. I wish I could have joined, but uh, I do I do have work on Sundays, unfortunately, so I can't just take the, the day off. Um, but but yeah, I, I'll go for a Wagga win, yeah, because I think uh, it's been hard on them the, the beginning of the season, and I think that's going to be a bit expected. That's on TV, that's commentated. Uh, so maybe there's a bit extra flavor. Uh, for them, and, and I'm sure they'll do whatever they can to get their, their first win of the season. Next up, we have Gungahlin United up against Canberra, Croatia, Sunday, May 22nd, 3pm at Gungahlin Enclosed. This should be a very, very good game, especially like I mentioned earlier about Gungahlin United getting that valuable point against Olympic and how much that could sort of do for them in a game like this against the table-topping Canberra-Croatia, but I am going to go for Canberra-Croatia in this match. I think they'll just have a bit too much. What about you, Matt? Yeah, look, I think that's a fair point to bring up how much, how important that point was for Nagala, not just on the table, but I think for the confidence as well. 
a couple of weeks ago, if you would have said that Gangalan would would have drawn against Olympic uh, heading and and having that draw as well, straight back to back. Uh, heading into the match against Canberra, Croatia, uh, considering the form, we might have, you know, said that wouldn't have been possible, but they're able to do it, and they're able to come from behind as well uh, to do that also. So they've put themselves in close enough to the best possible position, considering where they were a couple of weeks ago, to try and get something from Canberra, Croatia. In saying that, though, I think Canberra, Croatia will be just too strong. But like we said, Gangalan have put themselves in a good position to try and get an upset. How about you, Jeremy? Uh, I think, I think I'll, I'll go for a draw. I would assume uh, Gangalin is going to come knowing what to expect. Uh, and Pat Mills is a very experienced coach. Um, so he'll, he'll probably try and do whatever he can to uh, prevent Canberra Croatia from developing their game. He's probably watched the semi-final last week uh, to, to get a few, uh, a few pointers there. Uh, and, you know, a team who has Michel Heyman um, is always going to be dangerous until the very end. So I'll go for a draw just for the fun of it. And lastly, we have the Canberra United Academy versus Canberra Olympic Sunday, May 22nd, 5.10 p.m. there at Hawker Football Centre. I'm going to stick with picking all the away teams this week and I'm going to go for Canberra Olympic in this one. I think they'll bounce back in style and we'll see how the academy come back after having the weekend off due to their game being postponed. So maybe not playing a bit of football will affect them, but you never know. Uh, uh, it could prove to be a well-earned rest and they could come back firing. What about you, Matt? Yeah, it's hard not to go with the Olympic, especially coming off um, the draw and uh, conceding, you know, straight after getting what they thought was the winner. I think they're going to probably have a point to prove in this one. Uh, in saying that, though, I'm looking forward to see how Cambry, uh, how CUA go because we, like we mentioned in the last couple of shows, uh, they've improved uh, really quickly and they've played some really good football. So I'm intrigued to see what they can do against Olympic. But I'll go with Olympic for this one. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah, I think I'll go with Olympic as well. They just have um, a little bit too much to to be able to uh, for the academy, sorry, to be able to stop them for the whole 90 minutes. Um, so I think Nicole Begg will uh, get another win at Hooker uh, 10 days after the semi. Awesome. Uh, that is us this uh, week for MPLW. Jeremy, thanks so much for joining. And any thanks last words? Uh, you'll be doing the CUA match, right? Yeah, I'll be doing the CUA match against uh, Olympic. So, yeah, just looking forward to that 5.10 on NPL TV uh, on Sunday afternoon. And uh, don't forget to um, tune in earlier to watch uh, Waga City against Toganong with, uh, with Russ on the commentaries as well. Now, moving on to CPL action, where we kick things off with Queanbeyan City getting a 5-1 victory over Western Malongolo out there in Queanbeyan. Vasco Petrovsky with two goals, Noveski with two, and Andrew Sellers with a goal in injury time. And Western Malongolo's goal scorer was McEwen uh, from the penalty spot as well. So a lot of penalties in this game by the by the looks of it. Um, and And... You know, as I just mentioned, it was pretty much penalties, penalties galore, Matt, at, at High Street there in Queanbeyan. Uh, you know, and make it six from six to continue a great start for Queanbeyan City. You know, they're the, they're the only uh, the only team to win every one of their league games uh, out of the main three leagues in Canberra that we cover. So kudos to Queanbeyan for, you know, a great start to the season. And, you know, they've been absolutely fantastic. Uh, they went up by two uh, in the first half with two of the penalties, and then the third and the and the two late goals 
uh, to round off uh, their win. And once again, you know, the, the scorers for Queanbeyan showing that they can, you know, rely on, on a number of players to find the back of the net, which they've so often done over the years in CPL. You know, they, they also uh, backed up from midweek by putting in a strong performance uh, against O'Connor here in the cup, you know, especially in the first half, it was a very tight, uh, close contested match uh, before obviously O'Connor break away in the second half there. Uh, on the uh, on the other side of this, I think Western will be looking at this game and, you know, looking at the situation with the three penalties uh, against them, including, you know, a pen for their goal as well. Um, you know, and and two, two late goals, I think will be a little bit disappointing for them to concede uh, so late uh, as well. You know, you know, word is that that they went down to ten men due to injuries before conceding the two late goals as well. So, once again, it just wasn't their night. And I think we've said that quite a few times. But you know, you just have to keep persisting through, and you know, hope that you know fortunes will will turn around and and favor you at one point in time. There was only one ref at this match as well, which which isn't great to hear in terms of, you know, obviously they're not being a huge um, availability in terms of referees uh, for this one. So like we have mentioned numerous times uh, through previous episodes, if you're interested in getting involved, Canberra needs more referees. Um, I'm sure if you reach out to, I'd say, you know, Russ Gibbs or anyone at Capital Football, they'd be very, very happy to uh, take you on board. So, you know, if it's something that you're honestly interested in and want to get involved in and get involved in the game, uh, that there are those opportunities that they are seeking in the referee uh, department. All right. Next up, Canberra White Eagles against ANU. Massive match for many, many reasons. 2-1 victory for ANU. I was able to attend this one, a uh, very good game, which had its twists and turns. Uh, it was a bit of a feisty fair as well in the second half uh, at certain times, as both sides really, really wanted this win. ANU started probably the brighter of the two in the first 10 minutes or so. Then it was, then it was pretty 50-50. And then once uh, White Eagle scored that goal, for the rest of the half, you sort of, um, you know, you had the feeling that uh, that White Eagles were on top of that match and they had the momentum heading into that second half. Uh, ANU, though, came out of the blocks brightly in, in the second half, really trying to push for that goal back. And once they scored, you could see the elation in ANU's face. They didn't want to go... They didn't want to go um, 12 points. I think they would have been if they lost this one. They would have been 12 points behind Queen City. Uh, so they went level, and then once it was one-one, uh, then you could see. Then it was a really intense game once again. Both both sides trying to push for that goal. Uh, ANU did eventually get that second goal though, and it was um, it was through a penalty um, that was from uh, Deans as well, I believe that second one. That one, and that came four minutes after. So ANU they were not they were able to turn around uh, what was White Eagles' momentum which they haven't been able to do when they've gone behind so far this season. So that, that is just as much as a positive as the win as well, able to come from behind, change the momentum of the game because it, after White Eagles scored, you, can't, you couldn't help but feel, is this going to be one of those days for ANU like we've seen so far this season? But they were able to turn it around. Four minutes later, they, got the, uh, they put the pressure on for the penalty. Um, White Eagles weren't very happy with this penalty though. Um, as essentially one of their defenders went to go challenge, it, it's... To me, seeing it, they went to go challenge for the header, um, but 
he went over the player as well. So it's one of those ones where if you're ANU, you think it's a penalty. If you're your wide eels, you don't think it's a penalty. So um, it, a controversial penalty, maybe to say the least, um, but ANU uh, were able to finish uh, that off. In terms of White Eagles, though, um, like I mentioned, they had the momentum. They looked very dangerous. They had certain periods during this match, especially in the start. They had all the momentum heading into that first half. Like I mentioned, they weren't happy about uh, the penalty, but they did try and push for that equaliser. Like I said, it's one of those calls. It's going to be polarising regardless. Um, this is their second loss uh, in a row, and it's only their first two losses of the season. We mentioned that they were quietly going about their business. Unfortunately, though, losing two um, matches on the trot and then Tuggerong to come up next week probably isn't the best uh, position they would have liked at this point. But like we mentioned, they're the three hardest games for White Eagles all in a row. Um, so Tuggies are in form, so I'm sure they're going to be trying to like, all right, let's reset. Let's get ready for Tuggies because Tuggies have been in red hot form. So um, White Eagles will try and look to turn it around, but they're still in a very good position. Third place. 10 points um, so far, still above ANU as well. So uh, they'll be looking to try and turn around against Tuggerong next week. Who do we have next up, Michael? Yeah, next up we have Yulgali, uh, who were playing host to Brindabella Blues, and it was Brindabella who managed to come away with an away victory here, 2-1 on the day. Pivo got on the score sheet for the home side two minutes from time, but it was Brindabella uh, who scored for the first two goals of the game through Ward and Host. It's a huge win for the Brindies as it takes them to fifth place uh, in the competition ladder, only two points now behind ANU. Uh, the Brindies opening goal, you know, preceded a great run from Ward who placed and dribbled uh, between a few Yulgali players. The shot seemed like it maybe deflected a little bit, but the, the dribble was fantastic in the lead up to that goal anyway. So well done to him and, you know, they went two up after Host broke away from his marker and buried a shot between the keeper and the left post. And, you know, this win makes their clash with Wagga extra spicy as they are both tied in fifth. But Brindis have the upper hand, obviously, on goal difference. So that's going to be a huge clash next time out. And it obviously isn't the result that Yulgali would have been hoping for at home, especially coming off their first victory of the season last week and all the confidence and momentum that they would have felt that they had building off the back of that win. You know, they were able to get themselves a goal right, right at the end through Piva, like I mentioned, a good goal as well. And, you know, Yulgali, sorry, they won the ball back in, in the midfield. Some nice link-up play to eventually find Piva, who was able to beat, beat his marker and, and score the goal. You know, overall, they played they played well, through, uh, though, Yulgali. And, you know, they had some good chances aside from the goal. And, you know, the, they'll be playing host to the current league leaders, uh, Queanbeyan, next week at home. So that should be a cracking game out in that side of the competition. Matt, what's the next match? Next up, Tuggeron with another blitzing performance against Wagga City Wanderers this time, a team who had some pretty good form coming into this also. Uh, the goal scorers here were, it was 6-1, Anderson, Walker, Berkeley, Stevens and Richards with two and then Yeats with the goal for Wagga City Wanderers, like I said before, another emphatic victory for Tuggerong as they now go three points behind Queanbeyan. Uh, they did have that midweek match like you mentioned uh, earlier uh, against Western. Uh, so that means they are now three points behind, which is huge for them. And uh, it just makes for an interesting race once that once that match comes up again between Tuggies and Queanbeyan. But I guess what is also telling is it's another 
performance where immediately tugging on goal on the, on, on the offensive, an opening goal within the first three minutes. They've scored very early. And then besides the three minutes as well, they scored three in the opening 20. Um, we talked how, about how they did this against uh, ANU. And then there was another match also where they um, scored really early. I believe it was against the Brindis, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so once again, Tuggeranong in red hot for Mitch Stevens' side. He's getting some really good momentum. And like we mentioned before, though, this is a great momentum for them heading into White Eagles, which is another one of their top four challenges this season. So that will be this Saturday. That is going to be a very interesting game also. Uh, in terms of Wagga, though, not the best day at the office. We mentioned, though, how they, they do have some pretty good form uh, coming into this one, though. But always, it's, never, it's always going to be a tough ask to travel uh, to a side like Tuggerong, who, like we mentioned, in rapid form. Uh, they did have chances, though, in this game. And from what I was told, um, Yeats's goal was a terrific free kick in stoppage time. Um, like we mentioned, though, they're still in good position. Only two points behind the top four. Tied in fifth place with with the Brindies, which makes that tie against them, like you like we've mentioned before mm-hmm. in this show, a uh, very interesting clash uh, when that happens. Um, like we said, seven points top, uh, sorry, seven points, two points off ANU and joint fifth with the Brindies. So, Michael, what matches do we have this weekend? Yeah, so this weekend we're obviously up to round seven already. It's all gone so so quickly, but we kick things off with. What we were just talking about just then, Matt, Brindabella Blues up against Wagga City Wanderers Saturday, May 21st, 3 p.m. at Ipen Park. I'm inclined to go with the Brindabella Blues in this match, Matt. I think they're going to carry a lot of momentum and confidence on the back of that win um, against Yulgali. Yeah, look, I'm going to agree, but I think this is going to be a very close matchup. Uh, like we mentioned, they're both tied um, on the board. I, like you said, I think that victory going away to Ugali for Brindis and getting that victory it was a hard-fought victory as well. We all know how strong Ugali are at home. Wagga went there, got a draw also. Uh, they had a very hard-fought match against Ugali. I think this is going to be such a close matchup. It's going to be an interesting one to see. Definitely get out there if you can. I'm going to go for slight Brindis victory. Next up, we've got Yulgali up against Queanbeyan City, which is another fixture we were just talking about prior. And I'm going to go with the red hot team in CPL and across the three leagues at the moment, uh, Queanbeyan City to win this one. Yeah, look, it's difficult not to go with Queanbeyan City, just their form, the amount of goal scorers they have scoring, uh, the depth they have in the squad. Um, but we've mentioned before, it's hard to travel to Ugali and get that victory uh, and we'll wait and see what happens. But um, I'm going to go with the Queen Bean victory, but expect Ugali to fight because they did finally get their first victory. Um, sorry, not last week, two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and they were close to backing up against Brindis. It was only 2-1. Uh, so they're going to be looking to make an upset. Uh, let's wait and see, but I'm going to go with the Queen Bean victory. Next up, we have ANU playing host to Western Malongolo Saturday, May 21st, 3.15pm at ANU South Oval. I'm going to go with ANU in this game, Matt. You know, aside from Western Malongolo's struggles, I really think that ANU getting that victory over White Eagles was absolutely huge for them in the context of their season and the struggles that they've already had this year so i think getting that win is going to really sort of propel them forward now and i expected them to 
make it back-to-back wins uh, with a win over Western. Yeah, look, it's very hard not to go with ANU. Uh, like I mentioned uh, at the game, you could see the elation when they scored. And like I said, what was more important than just them getting that huge victory is them being able to turn the shift of momentum. They haven't been able to do that in the other games, but they did when it looked like White Eagles had all the momentum. They shifted around. That just as important as a victory. Uh, like we mentioned for Weston, they got a few injuries. It was as, as we were told on the weekend as well. Uh, they I, they are eventually going to get a win. Uh, I don't doubt that. But like we mentioned against ANU, who needed that win and they got it, I think they're going to have a bit of momentum now heading into this one. So ANU for me. And lastly, we have Tuggeranong United up against Canberra White Eagles Saturday, May twenty first, seven forty five p.m. at Canberra. This one, so a bit of a later kickoff on a Saturday. So. You know, it gives plenty of people enough time to, you know, go watch a 3 p.m. kickoff and, you know, have a couple of hours rest before getting out there to Tuggeranong. So should be a great game, this one. I'm going to go with the home side Tuggeranong in, in this match. It's difficult for White Eagles because, like you mentioned, Matt, they've sort of gone under the ra- radar to begin the season in terms of the wins that they were able to pick up. But now that they've suffered a couple of losses, this is a very tough match for them to try and, sort of rip back that poor runner form that they're in at the moment. But, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they were able to somehow come away with a win, given the quality that they have in their team. But I think when we look at the two teams currently, as of right now, you'd side with Tuggeranong. So I'm going to go with Tuggeranong. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, I think we've agreed on every match here, but I'll, we'll agree again. I think Tuggies will get this victory. I think this has more to do with just Tuggies being in red-hot form than it does uh, to do with um, White Eagles. They obviously have the quality to get a result from this matchup, but it's hard to look past Tuggeranong. Just the form, how quickly they've been scoring, uh, their intensity, it's just, it's hard to not go with them. But let's, White Eagles do have the quality to get something from this one. All right, Michael, uh, once again, another great week of football action. Uh, any last words before we uh, sign off today? No, other you know, I feel like I say it all the time, but it's, you know, an action-packed field weekend full of, you know, a lot of football. So try and get out to a game or two if you can. You know, the the quality is has been sensational this year w- with all the teams and the talent that's on display across, you know, the different leagues and whatnot. So definitely make sure to get out there and go watch a game. I know that I will be, so... It's going to be another great weekend of football in Canberra. It certainly will be. Thank you very much, everybody. That was episode 52 of the Canberra Football Show. Enjoy the weekend.